And you're listening to Faith FM. We are continuing on with the breakfast show this morning. We have come into the second hour of our show. And before we get into anything, we are going to get into another clue for the quiz. How long did it take Paul to move back to Jerusalem after his conversion? Oh, okay. Mm, 400 points. You can get a bargain book if you get this right. 0491 how long did it take Paul to move back to Jerusalem after his conversion? Mm, awesome stuff. Guys, you've been really quiet. Yesterday, we just had a ton of text messages. I don't know what you guys have been up to, but I do have, you know, some text messages here. But, but uh, yeah. I love the text messages. Wake I, up. This is like a new new thing that I, like, that we didn't do this when I was doing the show. And i got to uh-huh. say, it's like probably my favorite part now. Yeah, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Reading out the text messages, talking talking to the listeners about uh-huh. what they're saying. Uh, we do have a text message here from Braden. He says, from my perspective, it seems to me that it matters little which party gets in uh, in the policies in general, are going to be south morally, regardless of party. Braden, 100%, I agree with uh, you. But I do also agree with the more more candidates voted in uh, that support our beliefs, the better. Amen. But again, the general population is turning uh, their backs on God also, mm-hmm. as the Bible predicted. And yeah, yeah, Braden, we can wholeheartedly agree with, with what you're seeing here at Faith FM. But at the same time, what Don't we are up. not advocating for... Mm-hmm. Is the the combination of church and state? Yeah. Okay. That we do not want that. Like the bi- mm-hmm. like the Bible says that is bad, and, and now it's like, oh, but wasn't there like a wasn't Israel a church state? Um. Well, actually, no, it was not. Uh. Well, by the time they had a king, it was not a church state. Um. And bef- up until that point, it was it was the theocracy, so it wasn't run by the church. It was run literally by God. Whereas you know we can't be in that situation today because God doesn't. Uh, function in that way today we we don't have any uh theocracies happening today um but then at the same time like if we come into the new testament and we see what happens there you know jesus's purpose was not to establish the nation of israel in fact the nation of israel got very swiftly destroyed uh, very soon after jesus and now they you know they exist until this day and they're rebuilding the uh, nation of israel but they reject jesus um whereas as followers of jesus we can see Right now, we are to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Um, and that will not come from, like, that, uh, we will not be achieving that by, uh, influencing politics or elections or colonization or whatever it may be. You know, Christianity has been often, um, accused recently of just being a tool for institutionalization and colonization and these kinds of things. Uh, but no, the goal of the Bible, the goal of Christianity is not to create church states. It's not to create um, it's not to yeah colonize people and force them to become Christian. No, God wants you to love him because he loves you. He died for you. He gave you everything. Um, but also as a Christian who lives in a country, I'd rather live in a country that supports Christian ideals than doesn't support Christian Amen. ideals. And that's my, that's my freedom of choice. Like that's my right. Like I can say, Hey, I would like to live in a country that doesn't do these certain things because I'm a Christian and I don't like those certain things. Mm-hmm. And I have the right to vote for someone who thinks the same way as I do, whether they're a Christian or not, by the way. You know, what I didn't mention earlier, I have no idea. We, we talked about the story of the, the Labor Party and the Liberal Party, the two ministers there in South Australia, and how the narrative had really flipped. And it's surprising that, yeah, that the Labor minister was actually very much against late-term abortions, but the Liberal minister was for late-term abortions. And it's like, which is usually against the narrative that we see. I have no idea what faith those guys are. I don't know if they're Christian or not, but I know that one side... Um, it has my perspective on an issue and the other side has the opposite perspective on an issue. So who am I going to vote for? The one that shares my perspective. Right. 
that that that's all we can do. Yeah, that's all we can do as people. We have Logic. perspectives, we have feelings, we have wants and and whatnot, and so let's follow them through by voting for you know who reflects them in the upcoming election. Um, but we are going to get into a Bible study right now. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm so keen. Okay. King Bag Bean. So, what was kind of the 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 area that the time period that we got up to yesterday, Monica? The flood. So, we're, well, we post flood. Post flood. Yeah. Um, the, the repopulation of the earth. Yes, yeah. the repopulation of the earth. Uh, uh, on Tuesday, we people talked about, are being fruitful and multiplying. Yes, being mm-hmm. fruitful and multiplying. We came across a bit of a weird story. Yeah. Yesterday, a mm-hmm. uh, bit of a strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a curse and blessings being pronounced. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, this would just set the scene of the the further kind of political movements and expansion that would take place. Um, that there would be three different groups coming from three different de- lines of descendants: Shem, Ham, Japheth. Um, and we see them grow throughout the the world. Now, chapter ten is a very long genealogy. And uh, do you want to read that one for us, Monica? No, she doesn't. The whole chapter, Lawson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm it's just like this person to get that person and that person to get these people. And yep. <laughs> Would you like to do a Bible study on no, this chapter, Lawson? No, I do not. Uh, <laughs> so basically from here we start to see you know some of the lines being established, some of the kingdoms being established through lines of different people. And basically from here um, nations are growing. And we see like in you know, inferences of different nations. Like it says like, um, Canaan begot Sidon. This is a further Canaan. This isn't the Canaan. That's the son of Ham. This is a later Canaan. Uh, Canaan begot Sidon, the firstborn and Heth and the Jebusite, uh, the Amorite and the Gergeshite. And it's like, wait, what are Jebusites, Amorites and Gergeshites? Where did they come from? And we start to see here, you know, as like, we're just following these three lines of people, but then obviously they've expanded, they've had kids and they've expanded and they've had kids. And now there are starting to be different groups of people being established in the world. And the point is that, that I would make from this is that it shows us the Bible isn't bothered in giving us a full genealogy of everyone who literally lived on earth. Um, if it did so, the Bible would be a lot bigger and just full of like, the, well, this entire book that I'm holding right now would just be full of, um, uh, uh, genealogies yeah. and we would con- have mo- lots more books of genealogies. Yeah, yeah. The Bible isn't concerned with that. It's ultimately trying to get to the story of, of, you know, God's people and what direction they went um, mm-hmm. after this um, and, you know, how God interacted with his people. But we see, yes, this great expansion happening in these different people groups settling around the place at this time, but they're all kind of in this hub. Right, you know, I, I couldn't imagine they would have immigrated far. They've just been dropped off back in the Middle East after the flood, and they're just making their way, you know, expanding out from there until we get to chapter eleven. Ooh, what happens then? Oh, we're gonna learn all about what takes place in chapter eleven. Let's start by reading verse one to four. Cliffhanger. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Oh, that would have been handy. <laughs> <laughs> no Duolingo. <laughs> yeah, no Duolingo for me. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylon and settled there. They began saying to each other... Wait, how, long, how far do you want me to read? Uh, to verse 4. Okay. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Okay. So, interesting, interesting stuff taking place here. Do you know what's interesting to me? Like, I I thought they built this thing because they wanted to avoid, like, being swept away on the flood. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but, which is interesting because they never experienced a flood. They they didn't. Obviously, they would have known the story yeah, of the okay. flood 100%. They mm-hmm. also would have known the story of creation. They would have known the story of the conditions that led to the flood. Like, Moses, you, well, you have not only Moses, but Ham and Japheth and, like, all these dudes, uh, you know, they're, they're in the ark. Like, they would have shared this knowledge down. And by the time... Which leads me to think that this, this, this thing they're building is, like, such a symbol of faithlessness. That's right. Yeah. Not only faithlessness... But literal and practical and direct rebellion to God. Oh. Why would people be afraid of another flood? Uh, because they know they're not going to be saved. <laughs> That's right. Because what they would be afraid of a flood. Because what were the conditions that led to a flood? Probably the ones they were going back to. That's yeah. right. Rebellion from God. Mm-hmm. Right. They were all rebelling. Like before the flood, they're rebelling from God. The Bible says they only have thoughts that are evil continually. So they're like killing each other and sacrificing children. Like we can think of the, the worst possible sins that people could commit, could, could commit rape, uh, abuse. Whatever it may be. Do you think that it's this all is, like, they're actually worse than the antediluvians? Because the antediluvians, like, they hadn't actually seen the, the, the flood and the ark and how the ark survived the flood. But these people are like post flood. They know that God provided, that God saved them. And like, yeah. they're still like, nah, I'm not going to trust. Like, if there's another flood, I'm not going to get on the ark. Even That's though right. I know that it works. So therefore, why would they be, build a tall tower? Yeah. To survive it. Mm-hmm. But they're expe- like, but you know, often people put, uh, focus on this point. But this is actually, uh, swept aside like uh, this is a side point we can just see by their intentions of building a tall tower that they would be able to survive the flood or at least that's their thought um but we see their actual intentions in what they say like what what is the reason that they want to survive a flood okay um and we see that in verse four do you want to read that for us again then they said come let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Ooh. Man, people try to be famous even before TikTok. That's right. <laughs> They're trying to get famous. We're actually going to see how this really uh, parodies something that God actually said. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Mon, I want you to do a favor for me. Anything. I want you to go back to chapter one Yeah. and read verse six. Keep your finger in chapter 11. But I would like you to to do that for me. Read verse 6 in Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters from the heavens from the waters of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to read verse 9 as well? Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. Mm-hmm. And you want to read verse 14. Let me turn the page. Turn, page turn right there. Mm-hmm. Page turning good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Okay. And then if we come to verse 26, could you read that one as well? Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Okay, so God is creating in this chapter, right? And God is creating a bunch of different things. He's creating, you know, as we mentioned, water and separations of water, water and land. Uh, He's creating lights. He's creating mountains and hills. And eventually he creates people and animals and things. Um, And the terminology that he uses, well, not the terminology, but the the phrasing here that we see in these these statements, uh, let us make. And then what follows that is the thing that God 
intends to make. You know, the reason it says, let us make, it implies a plurality of God, not that there are multiple gods, but, you know, that the Trinity, they're there, mm-hmm. they're together, they're communing with one another uh, because they are one another. They are God, three in one, all of these different things. They are spending time and then they're like, okay, let us make man in our image. Let us create all these different things. And, and you know, we know that they are there creating. We come then to chapter 11 and verse 4, and the Bible says, come, let mm. us. That's what my Bible says. Come, mm. let us build ourselves a city. The reason, this is interesting. This is interesting. You know the, the express reason why we worship God, right? According to the Bible. The express reason. Yeah, like the number one reason we worship God. I feel like there's so many reasons to worship God. Uh-huh. But because there's actually he is the one true God. Uh, well, there's one reason that he gives. Uh, there's, I think, you know, we can. The second reason, which I'm just going to put in there, is that he redeemed us as well. You know, God yeah. is worthy of our worship because God he, is love. Because he, he loves us and he redeems us. But even further so, because people can be loving. Mm-hmm. Do they deserve worship? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we read in the book of Revelation that angels who, you know, assist God in doing everything, you know, and in, in helping save humans and working on the world, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, angels like uh, John, who's writing the book of Revelation, he goes to worship an angel and the angel's like, don't do that. Mm, like, yeah. I'm not worthy of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, even Satan himself, he claims to be God, but he is not worthy of worship for one one specific reason. The Bible says in Revelation 4.11, thou art worthy. So it's talking to God here. It says, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Now, there is one word that set, uh, that can summarize uh, those different uh, words placed there, or that phrase. It's the word worship. Mm-hmm. God is worthy to receive glory and honor and power. God is worthy of worship. And then it gives reason as to why. Because he created all things, and by his will, um, everything exists, and he created it. Which, there's a really beautiful Bible study and a breakdown there of, you know, God creating things not out of necessity. You know, God doesn't have to create. We create things because we have to, right? Well, we don't really need to create children other than to pass along lineage. That's our only real... We we procreate. Uh, But, you know, we make food, we build houses, we, you know, drive cars, all these kinds of things out of necessity, you know, because we think that those things will be a benefit to us. God doesn't need anything to add into his existence. He is all. He doesn't need to create us, um, but he does. Why? Because he wants to, because he loves us, because God is love. Therefore, God creates um, other beings that can experience um, love and his love as well. Uh, but the fact that he can create, which is something that no no other being that exists can do, is the number one reason why we worship God. As you said, there's many reasons to worship God. There's many reasons to love God. There's many reasons to know that you're blessed by God. You know, we talked about how amazing the Christian life is in our interview with Sven Erstring. Um, there are many reasons to be thankful to God. But the one express reason to worship God rather than to worship anything else is because God is the only one who can create and because he can create, and we see, you know, him creating all these different things in the way that he phrases creation, let us make this, let us make this, let us make this, we worship him because he can create. Now, As our originator and yeah, designer. our yeah. originator. Now, when it says here, come let us build a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, what do you think these people are trying to achieve? 
Trying to be like God. They're trying to mm. be like God. Now, we know who the original author of that was. You know, we see, uh, you know, you can just read Isaiah chapter 14 and you'll see, you know, who the who the originator of trying to be like God is. And, it, and it's Satan. You know, he says, I want to be like God. I want to be like the Most High. I want to sit on the farther sides of the north and the heavens, you know, all these kinds of things. But these humans on earth, they are trying to achieve the exact same thing. You know, God isn't stifling their their technological creativity here by, you know, the actions that God takes as we read further down through the story. God isn't uh, maybe angry with these people because they're building a tall tower. You know, we build tall towers today and they're really cool. Like I've been to the top of the Burj Khalifa. It is dizzyingly high. Um, you know the Burj Khalifa, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like 700 cool. meters tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Dubai when I was like 16. Um, I was on my way home from Europe and it was my 16th birthday. Um, just and so we we extended like the, we had a um, layover. a layover and mm-hmm. we extended the layover and we stayed in Dubai for like twenty four hours and cool. hung out and saw the sights and whatnot. Um, I've I've even like I've jumped off the Auckland Tower. So oh, they have wow. this thing in the Auckland Tower where you, they strap you up to a cable and you can jump off and you you know fly down at like max velocity and then as you get to the bottom the the cable is like kind of on this tapered barrel that as the the barrel like tapers down then it slows you right down and then you get to the bottom and stop and when you're at the top you can't even see the bottom you know oh, wow. it's these things are amazing mm-hmm. God isn't against um, technological marvels God isn't against building cool things hey Noah just built an ark to, yeah. to survive the flood yeah. No, God, God isn't against people being smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all of these things, God is not against. That was them. part of His design. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. He wants people to be smart. He mm-hmm. wants people to flourish. He wants people to go and do amazing things and get their degrees. You know, one of my good friends, Maureen, she just graduated. We we're at her graduation celebrating, and she um, decorated the top of her graduation cap and put like a Bible verse on there and everything. She looked like fancy as it was amazing, and it was such a witness as well. Like. Yeah. God had truly gotten her through her studies and now she's a registered nurse doing the work of the Lord out there saving people's lives. Like, mm-hmm. God is not against education. God is not against building. God is not against us being smart. These are all things we can do to glorify God. That's right. Yeah, using the abilities he gave us. But these people, the whole purpose of what they're trying to achieve is to blaspheme God, mm-hmm. is to be like God, to rebel against him. Um, and again, you see this condition where all these people are speaking the same language. They're living, leaving close, living close together, and they believe wholeheartedly that they can achieve um, this desire to defy God. Now, we talked about the flood, and we talked about the reason that God would be, bring a flood in, and even like why a flood would still persist, maybe if everyone repented. Um, and it was ultimately because the conditions uh, that existed in the flood were conducive to people rebelling against God. You know, they're all living in a similar place. Now we see those conditions again after the flood being conducive to a large scale rebellion against God. And this is, this is a really important point. If it ev- helps you to understand why God shot in the lifespan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If everyone rebels against God, can anyone be saved? If everyone, if every single person, well, no, if they've decided to rebel, then they're lost. They're lost. Mm. So God, you know, at this time, he made a promise right at the beginning um, that, you know, salvation would come for humanity. A child would be born, you know, that would... And we see that later in the covenant made to Abraham, but we get the inkling of that in the book of Genesis, you know, that, that God would ultimately destroy sin. And we know how that eventually happens through Christ. Again, if you create a condition in which everyone rebels, and if everyone's like rebelling from God, like in the wages of sin is death, we see conditions in which people could eventually just end up 
go dying like humanity could go extinct like if everyone's living in the same area and in the same place and sin and rebellion is so bad the thoughts of men are evil constantly like there could very well be a situation where every single human on earth either rebels from god or just dies and there is no longer opportunity for humanity to be saved so therefore god needs to thwart this effort because if everyone rebels (laughs) then no one will be saved This is where God's at. All God wants is salvation for his people. But if everyone rebels, no one will be saved. And the conditions that are here at this present time um, have created a situation where they're building this tower. They're going to make a name for themselves. They're going to be famous for a reason. We can defy God. And that is not very good for the the future prospects of the world being saved. So we're going to see how God deals with this very soon. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Monica, hey, hey, go on there, mate. Stop it, Lawson. <laughs> Every time I'm in a compromising position, you call me out. <laughs> I got breakfast in my mouth, the microphone wasn't in position, and my headphones went on, but you had to go, what's going on? Yeah, Ron? that's right. I get, well, you don't have to tell everyone that. You, <laughs> you think I'm not going to call you out for calling me out? Oh, that's, if you're trying to garner sympathy, like, <laughs> like uh, do you think all the people are like, wow, Monica's really got a tough I'm theory. just not trying to be perfect, that's all. Uh, okay, <laughs> staying humble. That's powerful. Monica, just, that, I'm, just, I'm really appreciative. Just letting you. people know that, you know, I'm a real person too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, give us another clue for the quiz. All right. Oh, this is our last one, isn't it? This is a 500-point <laughs> question. What was the name of King Ahab's steward or prime minister? Oh, there's a hint with this one. There was also a minor prophet with this name. Oh. Ooh, 500 points. Give us a call, 0491064669. You will get the book of the day. Wait, do I have to tell them what the book of the day is? Yeah. What is the book of the day? Oh, it, here we go. It is called In Granite or Ingrained. Oh. Mm. Oh. By Skip McCarthy. I know exactly what this book is about. Yeah, it's about the uh, what the Old and the New Testaments reveal about the gospel, the law, and the Sabbath. Amen. This is powerful. Powerful book, guys. Book. Answer yeah. this question. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Do you want to give them that question one what more time? What was the name of King Ahab's steward or prime minister? Hint, there is also a minor prophet with this name. All right. Hey, mm. let's get into Hey, guys, thank you for sending me few text messages in we've got uh brayden regards to babel uh they got their wish didn't know <laughs> didn't know they did become famous right. we're reading about them right now hey true story Bro, they've actually got, they've got the faith of M clout right now i think they <laughs> talked about on, on the faith of M radio. Show. like they were kind of in the bible which is like the single most purchased book of all time but hey <laughs> and stolen most stolen book of all time really well. yeah yeah praise the lord Amen, people right. are stealing the bible That's more than God. any other book the bible's <laughs> that is amazing. That is so powerful. I am so glad you said that. All famous right. for the wrong reasons, though, I tend to think. Oh, 100%. We're going to see what happens More infamous to than famous. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That is correct. The other text message we have here, um, I think we can draw a good lesson from the Tower of Babel on why God allows sin and suffering. If he would have sw- uh, wiped Satan out at his fall, we know the rest of heaven would have obeyed him from fear. And the Tower of Babel was a fear response too. This is actually a really good, that is a really, really, really Wait, good. Wait, read that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says, if 
if he would have wiped Satan out mm. at his fall, mm-hmm. we know the rest of heaven would have obeyed from fear, and the Tower of Babel was a fear response too. So mm. I think uh, the way that Bruce is, is putting the light that Bruce is putting this in is that, um, yeah, people have built this tower because there is, you know, obviously they have this kind of malignant design in their mind. Yeah. You know, they're like, yeah, we want to be like God. We want to be better than God. We want to be famous for, by God. But we know that this malignant design would also be motivated by fear. Oh, we need to build a tower that will help us to survive a flood. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a wipeout event. Obviously, they know the conditions. They know the result. You know, when people talk about um, Satan not being wiped out at his fall, but given the chance to prove himself, it's because no one knows mm-hmm. the result of, you know, no one knows the consequences of sin. No one knows what sin is. And so God is giving the entire universe perspective on, on what it is. And unfortunately, we decided to fall for sin. And now they have a really solid perspective. Now, for those people after the flood, they would have had perspective. They would have known why the flood happened. They would have seen the remnants of the flood. They probably would have seen the ark. You know, the ark would have been resting there for a while. Um, but ultimately, they, they would have known, yet they still, because they want to defy God, have this natural fear response of like, oh, we're kind of... We're a bit freaked out here, you know, by the potential consequences of our actions. So we're going to build a tower um, to to save ourselves. But ultimately, it comes from just it comes from a misunderstanding from God. Even though they have all the information to know that God is good and God loves them, they still. But I don't want to play like they are. We're all victims of sin, right? Right. Um, but these guys are making intentional decisions. Yeah. to not only be victims of sin, but also perpetrators. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, it's less of a misunderstanding and more from the perspective of they just want to just want to get this done. They yeah. just they just want to defy God. Yeah. Uh, they just want to be better than God. They want to overcome God, um, even though we know that they literally can't I feel like this be. is an attitude that a lot, of, a lot of people down through the ages have taken where they just want to live their lives the way that they want to live and they just want to mm-hmm. commit their sins, but they don't want to have the consequences. And so there's so many different ways they try and get around that, yeah. either by like denying the existence of um, of God, you know, and, and going yeah. into like evolution, this kind of stuff, but also like in this, in this regard, like we'll just build a tower and then yeah. we can like escape the flood and then we can get around it that way. Like um, they just want to, they just want to do what they want to do. Totally. Actually, that's so funny. You say that a couple of weeks ago, uh, Lyle and I were, speaking on radio about the song I Did It My Way by Frank Sinatra, oh, yeah, yeah. how that's always played at funerals. And we talked about, like, the moral implications of the song, that, mm-hmm. like, it just ultimately promotes reliance on self and, yeah. oh, you just got to do what you want to do. And if you do what you want to do, then that's the best way that you can possibly live. Um, but I believe us as Christians, but if, even if you just just observe uh, the world um, and see what's, you know, happened and things that have taken place, doing it your way is absolutely not the best way to live life. It's the worst way. It is like the worst way because yeah. if you take that to your logical conclusion, everyone should just do it their way or people doing things their way um, ultimately lead to impeding on other people doing things mm-hmm. their way and that equals then injustice yeah. and atrocity and civil unrest civil unrest and de- like like a version of doing it your what your way um it's called rape okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. R- rape is doing mm-hmm. it your way okay mm-hmm. you 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 know what you want to do and so you do it your way you take what you want um you know because the like the point of the song is I don't care what people said I did it my way now I'm taking it obviously to a logical extreme and a conclusion but that seed is sown and we're seeing it here with this Tower of Babel that seed is sown with this general spirit of rebellion of hey no I'm going to do things my way now you're saying I'm going to do things my way but then it's like oh but I was good to everyone you actually didn't do things your way 
you did it kind of their way, right? If you do good things by people, it's because they like those good things. You don't have to do good things by people. Um, so yeah, don't don't put too much talk into the song, I did it my way. But also, don't have that attitude in life. Yeah. Um, do things God's way. God's way yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you're sitting here listening to us. It's like, I don't know what God's way is. Why would I do things God's way? Do I even trust God? Well, you have every opportunity to know God, to learn about God and to trust God um, so that you don't end up in the position of these guys here. And this is how you honor God. You you ask him, how how would we do yeah. it your way? Yeah. And again, as we we're talking about it in the interview with Sven, um, there is something so drawing and compelling about living a life doing things God's way. And I, this is something that Lyle often says, and I'm going to plagiarize him a little bit this morning. Um, I've heard Lyle say, you know, I have never seen a person truly throw their life away by wholeheartedly giving their their life to God. Amen. By wholeheartedly decide, making the decision to follow Jesus. And, you know, for these people in this situation, like imagine instead of building a tower to blaspheme and profane God, and we're going to talk about the results of their tower building tomorrow, uh, but instead of building a tower to blaspheme and um, profane God. Imagine if instead they return, they turn to God and repent. They create a situation in which people are truly following God and rejecting sin. Um, yes, there will always be sin because we are we are people with a nature bent towards sin. But instead of becoming a nation of people who rejected God, they became a nation of people who loved God and endeavored to follow Him in the truest sense. This story could have been amazing. These, mm. these people could have been the catalyst of, you know, creating a situation in which the Messiah could have come so much sooner. Because what world is there to win when everyone is one? Yeah, true. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> instead of doing that, they, they, um, they reject God. And the result of that is, you know, God, you know, the Tower of Babel situation happens. We're going to cover that a little bit more tomorrow. But it makes it infinitely more difficult, or at least a lot more difficult, for the world to be reached. And I believe that's why, you know, we are here today talking about it, why sin still exists and why we're, well, well, I believe we're going to see Jesus come back soon, but it's taken this long because of this moment right here with a, you know, God as a result has to do something drastic um, so that the whole world won't die in endeavoring to rebel against him. Right? You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Good for them. Oh, that's funny. That's an answer to one of our quiz questions. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh-huh. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So. Here are the answers. Moses' mother saved him from the Egyptian soldiers by putting him in a basket. It rained for 40 days and nights when Noah was on the ark. King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt about a tree. Just real quick. You know, that song is a concept album about King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, really? Or about the book of Daniel. Oh, there you go. So there that's why that's that? literally related to the answer. Hey, yeah, yeah. So King good, Neb dreamt about a, a tree in his Daniel 4 vision, which represented him. So he was written by a tree. And the, oh, no, two more questions to go. It took Paul 14, wait, 14 days, 14 months, 14 years? Yes. 14 somethings to yes. get, for Paul to move back to Jerusalem after his conversion. Uh-huh. And um, the name of King Ahab, steward, a prime minister, that is also the name of a minor prophet, is Obadiah. Obadiah. All right. Great name. Well, right now it is time for... Question of the Day. Right, Mom, what's our question? This one's coming in from Braden. Thanks, Braden, for sending this one in. What ha- Sorry. How do you still honor God's calling to honor and protect your spouse if they have chosen to move on and move away from God, especially when you still love them and want the best for them? Heavy question. Very. Um, okay, I'm going to just disclose. Uh, I just want to... Well, I want to ask you the question, Monica. Mm. 
Are you married? I was going to say it's so it's so bad that we're getting questions about marriage when we're two single people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I was going to let you ask me the question then: Am I married? And and the answer is no. Well, I do want me to marry you. Is that no? no. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> two single people in a room. No, just kidding. Well, uh, three. Let's count producer Shell <laughs> and my dog. And we're not alone. <laughs> no one think anything untoward of us, please. <laughs> but um, hey. We are not married. Yeah, disclosure, um, full disclosure. So, therefore, I can give very limited advice from experience, Same. maybe things that I've seen before, you know, yeah. but I, I can't, I've never been in the situation of marriage. Um, I can only give answers from the Bible, yep. um, and that's what I'm going to endeavor to do right now. And I believe in terms of this idea of, you know, obviously it sounds like in this situation that's being put here, there's been some kind of separation that's take place, and it's like, how do you honor your spouse if, separation has taken place. I believe it said there you still love them and care about them, but then there's that, that separation there. Let's look at what the Bible says Mm -hmm. in uh, Ephesians chapter five and verse 22. The Bible says, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Amen. You are. (laughs) Let's keep, let's keep reading there. Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. So, okay. Wives, be subject to your husband. This is, this is what the Bible says. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, wow, this sounds terribly sexist or something like that. But it's going to be balanced out. And this is the Bible. I think the Bible has a fantastic perspective on marriage. Let's we read what it continues to say. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Okay, on these two sides here, we see husband and wife. They both have responsibilities. The first one is that a a wife submits to her her husband. And the second one is that a husband loves uh, loves his wife. If you take one of these people out of the equation, it doesn't work. If the wife fails to submit to the husband, the husband can't love the wife and vice versa. If the husband doesn't love the wife the wife will not be able to submit. And it gives us the example of how this can take place in Jesus, right? Jesus is the perfect lover and leader. So therefore the church should submit, but only because Christ loves the church. Um, If Christ didn't love the church, then how, why would we submit to him? But we see this reciprocal thing taking place here where both sides have a part to play. If one of those sides disengages from their responsibility, what can the other side do? I think, you know, that's all I can, I can leave it at. Um, again, I don't have, I'm not experienced in this department. I'm not married. But if one of those sides disengages from, from, you know, makes the willing choice to disengage, what responsibility then does the other side have? I think we should still love each other. We should still care for each other. But guys, remember to, hey, live a life with Jesus. Remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you'll grow strong with Jesus Christ.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.